Thank you, Andy. Hi, everyone. My name is Shay Meddings, and I'm the host of the Mental As Anyone podcast. I'm a psychologist, and I interview comedians and other entertainers about their mental health with the aim of helping to increase understanding and awareness of mental health. I've had some really insightful and interesting conversations, including with Andy, and I encourage you to have a listen. So find Mental As Anyone through the Facebook page, on iTunes or other podcasting platforms. Stay safe and well. G'day Andy Socialites, it's uh, Jeremy Big Jez Turner here. I'm just coming in with a quick plug for me mate Andy because he's run a fucking sweet deal over at his Patreon account at the moment. Uh, so I've been a member of it for a few months now. It's always been a pretty entertaining little listen on a Tuesday morning I think it is. Uh, he does a heap of shitty karaoke, he'll tell us a whole bunch of things about random shit that he's researched in the last week. Uh, he'll tell you a little bit about what's going on in the world of the man himself, Andy Dowling. Uh, my personal favourite part is his mission to offset his impending alcoholism with getting his steps up on his iPhone. It's just all-round good fucking fun. In any case, you can join for as little as a dollar a month. Uh, of course, that dollar a month is a slap in the face here, so if you're feeling even halfway flush, you should probably go for the $5 jobby, and in return you get a whole heap of sweet extra content, and he gets to keep doing his thing, and then maybe at some point in the next fucking decade, we'll get another Lord album. And in any case, like, five bucks is pretty much nothing. If you live in Sydney, or even worse, if you live in fucking Melbourne, five bucks is somewhere between a third and half of a schooner in most pubs. So it's a pretty sweet deal, and it goes a long way to help Andy keep pumping out the good shit we all like. Anyway, thanks for listening. Enjoy the podcast. All right. So show, Andy, so show, Andy, so show. Hey, welcome back to the Andy Social Podcast, episode 253-253. I don't know why I'm repeating that number over and over again, but uh, that's... It is what it is. Uh, this week's guest is comedian Mick Meredith. Mick's been around the traps for quite a few years now. He started off as a muso back in the 80s, back in the 80s, uh, in the Sydney music scene. And uh, in the 90s, started dipping his tone of comedy, and he's been uh, been doing that ever since. And I'm going to have a bunch of his videos and his music in the show notes over at andysocial.net and andydowling.net. You can go to mick.com.au. Nice and easy. So easy that I couldn't even fucking say it properly. Uh, he's on Instagram and Facebook. I'm going to have everything in the show notes, of course, and in the description of this podcast episode. So click through and check it all out. Uh, Mick's latest song called Rod came out a few weeks ago on all the streaming services on like Apple Music and Spotify, etc. Go and check that out. Great song. Um, in a nutshell, it's all about, and I'm going to butcher this by the way, but it's about uh, him going to battle with his partner uh, where she likes Rod Stewart and he would prefer to listen to Iron Maiden and Judas Priest. So a really funny song, great, like well-written, very catchy. Um, I think you guys will really dig it. So I'll have that in the show notes for you guys to check out. But uh, enough crapping on from me. Please enjoy this great chat with the great, great, because I'm going to keep saying great, the great, the great Nick Meredith. Congrats on the new song. Pretty, uh, Thanks. it's pretty funny. I, uh, when I was listening to it, I just thought this must be like the, the war cry for every married man who grew up listening to like heavy metal and become, you know, sort of face to face with uh, this sort of turning point in their life where, you know, the, the partner sort of turns around and goes, mm, you still listen to that stuff? <laughs> okay. 
she really hates it actually <laughs> she uh she has a few drinks and then she describes it to me and says this is what your music sounds like and it's just a classic cliche and i'm like no nah, it's nothing like that <laughs> have you tried to convert her have you tried to like you know play her a bit of iron maiden or something like melodic that's sort of against the the stereotype She's been to metal concerts and she just kind of plods along. She has a good time. Yeah. <laughs> if I got no one to go with, I'll take her. And she's like, yeah, it's good. Like, yeah, I, if Iron Maiden came out, she'd definitely go and see him because it, it'd be on her radar of she likes to um, see things that she's, you know, tick off the bucket list sort of thing. And so that'd be on the bucket list. So we, we went and seen Dickinson talk a couple of years ago. Oh, so. yeah. I mean, that's the band that has the theatrics as well. So really, I mean, even if you didn't know much or didn't care much for the music, you'd, you'd still have a good time anyway because it's not just a bunch of blokes getting on stage and playing their guitars. It's uh, There's a bit, of, yeah. a bit of a visual experience going on. Yeah, she, she might like Judas Priest too. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, if they ever make it back, then uh, you might have, to, might have to test that one out. Well, he'll be about seventy then, so yeah. we'll see. Well, I think I think they were meant to do their fiftieth anniversary this year, and I thought, oh, geez, I can't, I can't imagine, like, you know, being sort of like a fifty-year-old, like a metal musician touring is is one thing, but to be playing in the same band for fifty years is like, yeah, that's <laughs> that's pretty pretty. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I for me, being sort of half that age, I sort of go, well, yeah, it's a bit hard to sort of comprehend. Uh, Rob loves it, mate. <laughs> do you follow? Do you follow him on Instagram? I I follow him on other things. Um, maybe I do follow him on Instagram. I'm not quite sure. Yeah, all I've of, kind of I've, I've muted a lot of things because it's just it's just too much to take in from people. <laughs> it's a lot of shit. There's a lot of shit. Yeah, I think um, Halford's one on uh, on Instagram. It's just it's just all cat photos. It's just him with yeah. That's cats. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of course there is. Of course there is. <laughs> I mean, he broke he broke the stereotype back in the early nineties when he when he uh, sort of came out and told everyone uh, you know his uh, his his preferences and and then uh, he's been breaking the stereotypes ever since then. So I'm sure everyone's sort of uh, sort of well, especially the especially the hardcore metalheads, the the serious guys. You know, they they won't crack a smile and they'll be looking at Rob Halford, the metal god, with a with a little yeah. kitty holding the kitty with the smile. <laughs> Yeah, he might he might push a few away this time with the cats. You think? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, probably, probably too far, have... Rob. Too far. Yeah, that's right. You you crossed the line. You crossed the line. So I assume that this is like the first of a few songs you're going to be putting out. So you got an album in the works or something like that. Yeah, I thought about an album, but I just because I do. I probably if you see me live, I do more talking than singing. But mm. I still like to think I'm in a band. <laughs> and when you got all this digital stuff now, you can sound like you're actually in a band. So uh, I just, you know, fiddle around. But I don't think I put an album out. And every song's going to sound very different. So it would be, be a weird album. So I'm just going to put out about four singles over the next six to eight months sort of thing. I think it's probably the way to go these days. Even, even like, you know, bands now are changing the way they release music. It's just, it's too hard to put out, you know, 10 or 12 songs and then expect everybody to digest it, listen to it, and re- listen to it more than once. Because there's just so much stuff coming out. So if you just put one song out, leave it a few months, and it's probably going to sink in a bit more, I think. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, like I said, they're all different. So I'm just doing a lyric video for that one. And that was kind of like the, the weakest one probably. It's just sort of sort of a – I've had it for a while. I think it's mildly amusing. But um, it was sort of a birthday present to my partner. But, yeah, it's, people seem to like it. But the next few are pretty funny, so – 
Oh, there you go. I like, I like how you said, like, this is this is my weak song. Like, you're really set, <laughs> setting those expectations. Like, if you, <laughs> if you like this one, get ready. Get ready. It's going to blow your mind. <laughs> I thought it was really good. I, it's uh, really, I mean, like a lot of the stuff that you've been putting out over the years, you know, really catchy, upbeat sort of stuff, witty lyrics. I mean, you know, obviously being a comedian, it's it's got to have an element of, you know, comedic theme to it. And uh, I don't know, it ticked all the boxes. It was, it was quite good. So and I think the artwork is another thing as well, which just, drags people in as well. I think it's just one of those things where, you know, it's the old cliche, you can't judge a book by its cover, but you certainly can. And I think having some some great artwork definitely, you know, convinces people to go and click on a, a link and have a listen to something. Yeah. So it was a good combo. Yeah, so a lot of, a lot of people have said I look like Gordon Ramsay in that picture. So <laughs> yeah, there may be a parody coming. You never know. I, I thought... <laughs> I thought I didn't look like anyone. I always wanted to be one of them people that looks like someone so I can make money out of looking like them, but maybe it's a chance. I, I just got to learn the accent, and I can swear quite well, so and I can cook, so there you go. <laughs> Mark, I do, I, do, I, do a, I do a partnership with Nats What I Reckon or something. Yeah, there you go. There's a collab there <laughs> waiting to happen. <laughs> hey, when the opportunity comes, you've got to seize it. Absolutely. I'm ready. I'm ready. I've still got a bit, still got a bit left in the tank. Got to keep yeah. going. <laughs> well, the... The album you put out a few years back, I mean, I don't even know how long ago it was, five or six years ago? The 2014. 2014, there you go. So um, how, how did that go for you? Just talking about what you what you just said before about putting new music out now and spacing it out and just putting a song every few months. You know, back then you put out a full album and like what was that experience sort of doing that, finishing that off, putting it out there into the world and sort of coming into this now? Did, did it work well or were you sort of looking back now and going, didn't quite hit as, as well as I thought, just being sort of, you know, a comedian playing music. I don't, I don't, don't know how you would even approach it. Yeah, I probably – I was playing in a duo called Ride the Wombat and he didn't really want to – he wouldn't want to go down that path of recording again. So uh, I just went out on my own and there's a few Ride the Wombat songs on there. Uh, but, yeah – uh, there was probably some weak songs on there. There's songs I really like and I still play live, but there's a lot I've never even played live. So that's kind of the point of a comedian writing songs is you've got to do them live. So if you don't want to do them live, then maybe <laughs> you can put about on an album, I suppose. But, uh, yeah, it was uh, it was fun, though. I, I like the whole idea because I always wanted to be a rock star. So this is my little way of still hanging in there somehow. Well, I, I was, um, you know, I've, I've been aware of you for quite a few years and, and – with the with the band connections, knowing Stu, uh, so anyone listening, Stu Marshall used to play in Dungeon, and he's gone. Yeah, on, he's uh, doing heavy metal warrior things all over the world now, doing doing great stuff. But um, he's he's worked with you, and so I think that's I'm pretty sure that's how I sort of came. Oh, to okay, yeah, doing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and um, yeah, I just but I didn't really know a lot about your background, and I was so you know the typical thing, sort of you know, doing a bit of internet stalking and. You know, on your bio, it says, you know, you were playing at the Sando back in the 80s in bands and stuff like that. What what was that like? What, what kind of bands were you playing in at the time? Well, I first started out in punk bands. I, at school, we had a punk band called Molten Plastic, of all names. <laughs> uh, so that was the beginning. That was, you know, 14, 14, and then discovered I – mean, I knew about metal. I discovered, um, you know, the new age of British heavy metal, all that stuff. So uh, – and I – I went to school with uh, Steve Brown, who you'd know as Vaughn Lush. I think he's on your Facebook. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we went to school together. So we started playing together. Uh, his brother had a band who was in my year. They played. He was in Treason. You remember Treason? Or was oh. that before your time? Uh, maybe before my time, but I, I remember the name, though. 
Yeah, so he was in trees and we're and me and Steve were gonna start the Australian Venom band. <laughs> and uh yeah, we 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 had the name which was Mortal Sin and that that was stolen from us. So there's a bit of <laughs> history for you that you probably don't know about. A bit of controversy. Yeah, yeah. Matt stole it uh from the, the pub uh the Penzest Inn. He he auditioned and I said, No, we don't need a singer, I'm gonna sing, so but he just took the name, so <laughs> I love it. I've no, I've never never really confronted him on it, so there you go. <laughs> well, I'm gonna start tagging him in uh, Facebook posts now. Well, I need a bit of drama. Whatever yeah. it takes to get the ratings. Yeah, so he probably he probably got a different story to <laughs> me, but then again, what whatever, you know. But yeah, but me and Steve were playing we needed a I was playing guitar then and then when we found a good guitarist, I was going to switch to bass, but it just never came about. So that was it. It was going to be the Aussie Venom band. Mm. So, And then I started playing in sort of alternative music at the Sander. I played in a band called House on Fire, wow. which we, we never recorded. It was sort of like uh, psychedelic furs, heavy psychedelic furs sort of stuff. Mm. Then I went to another band called The Moles and we recorded, recorded a few records. That was sort of a jangly pop thing. I was a bass player, so uh, they were very hard to find in those days. So I was getting a lot of gigs. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the only reason I started playing in a band. It was uh, everyone wanted to be a guitarist and I, yes. was, I was playing guitar as well. And I thought, well, shit, this isn't working for me. I'm not good enough. So I thought, oh, there's a, there's a dusty bass guitar sitting in the corner of my room. Uh, it's, it's got less strings. Go. Surely it must be easier. And well, it, it kind of was. And then... You know, it's it's not as easy as you think, but uh, yeah, no. that was my gateway into into playing in bands. It was no one wanted to be the bass player, so, so there you go. I can relate. Yeah, same. Yeah, same. So played in the Plug Uglies towards the end of there. They were kind of the most famous band I played in, and then uh, just a lot of other shitty bands. <laughs> and then I got married and had kids, and sort of just sort of drifted out of the music scene, and then came back as a comedian. So it was a weird. Um, it's not the start you normally get. So, but those days in the sand, they were great, like brilliant. Yeah, I um, I mean, I've, I've only sort of graced the sando since I moved to Sydney um, about fifteen odd years ago. So I sort of saw the tail end of of the era of the sando, and um, it was it was good, but uh, it's certainly certainly no holy moly, which is no, what it is no, now. <laughs> no, no, well, apparently it's been sold again. Oh, has it? Oh, jeez. Yeah, it's, uh, it might come back. There's a rumor it's coming back, but I've heard that before. So. Yeah, oh, fingers crossed. Um, yeah, so I well, one of the things I thought about with, uh, as you said, it's not sort of the the traditional way of sort of stepping into comedy, sort of having this sort of background and and quite a few years being a musician. When you sort of, and without sort of doing the typical, oh, how'd you get into comedy? Was when you got started with comedy, was it always with the intention of incorporating music with it? Or was that sort of something that a bit more of a light bulb moment later on down the track where you thought, I might just try and blend the two worlds together a bit? Yeah, no, I didn't start with the music at all. I just did, um, I used to do, I used to be a bit of a sideline magician. So I used to do a bit of a bit of bad magic from like, Inspired by the amazing Jonathan early, so I did. A, I did more of that. I did more comedy and just a couple of little magic tricks in there. And then probably five years in, I took the guitar along, and it kind of worked straight away. I went from like support act to um, headliner in like a matter of a year. So wow. So that kind of changed everything. And then I got a couple of TV gigs, and because it was a bit different, and, and still not many people are doing it. It's it's a bit hacky to play guitar. Like comics don't like it. They look at you and go, "Oh God, he's playing guitar." Oh, he's, he's got a he's got a prop. 
Yeah, yeah, six-string laugh machine, as they call it in the industry. <laughs> but I, I got a bit of respect because I could still tell jokes as well. So the one, yeah, you're all right. You can back it up. You're, you're part of the team still. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, really, I mean, I, I, my knowledge of comedy is pretty, it's pretty surface level. I, you know, I'm certainly no sort of uh, comedy, comedy expert or enthusiast. But you know, when I sort of instantly think of of Aussie comedians that have got a guitar, it's it's usually like your your Rodney Roods or your yeah. Kevin Bloody Wilson or something like that. And I mean, I don't really see a, a lot, you know, a lot else out there. So, but I think. Um, I don't know. I, I think what you're doing is different again to what those guys were doing. And I think it was also, well, probably a different era as well. When did they sort of kick in? Probably sort of in the early 80s. Yeah, late 70s, early 80s. And I started in the nine, mid, mid to late 90s. So so I didn't really even have a template of that. So I just did what I thought was funny. Mm. Whereas uh, it's a lot of comics now, like younger comics, they kind of, not copy, but they uh, stylize their comedy on what they've seen. But I just went out and went, oh, this is funny, I think. Probably ego, I don't know. <laughs> was, it, was it easier for you to, yeah, even when you're first getting up to do some, you know, some open mic or whatever it was when you're getting started, was that easier for you to do because you had that onstage experience where you'd been in front of people and performing before? Was, was it sort of a, an easy transition or was it because you didn't have a guitar around your neck, it was sort of like, oh, fuck, what am I, I going to do with my hands? No, I was probably a bit fearless because I'd, I'd played on stage since I was 16. Mm. So I, I was, yeah, I was very comfortable. I was still a bit scared, but it's <laughs> comfortable. I think I had the, uh, the edge over other new comics, but yeah, yeah, that, that's, that'd be it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just, anytime I've just done any, any public speaking or gone up and, you know, on stage in front of a mic without a guitar on, I'm just, I've gone back to like, my early days of just doing anything where I was nervous and legs just turned to jelly and I'm like, oh, come on. Like I've, I've played a few gigs now. I've, I've been around the traps for a little bit, but uh, without that guitar, it's like, it's almost like the security blanket. You go, oh shit, where's my guitar? I need to hide behind it. Yeah, it is, it is nice hiding behind a guitar, isn't it? It's uh, it's hard to explain to some people. Do you, um, because I know that you do a lot of corporate stuff uh, um, over the years. Do you find that it's a, it's a completely different world sort of going into that and, sort of dealing with that environment versus what you were used to being, you know, a pub musician and just basically playing for the general public and a bit of a free-for-all, whereas I would assume, because I haven't done corporate gigs before, but uh, I assume it's probably a little bit more clinical, a little bit more sort of, you know, a little bit more focused as far as what you need to do. Yeah, corporate gigs are really hard. (laughs) (laughs) They've they've just come back with uh, COVID kind of lifting and I've been getting a lot of calls so you're like, oh, that's good, that's good money, and then you're like, oh, hang on, these are shit, these are a bit shit, these gigs. So, <laughs> yeah, everything's different. Like you'll go in and you have to tell them what you want, and some of them will argue, and that's a bit, you know, showing your ego a bit there. But no, you got to really got to tell them when you want to go on, and you got to put them. You got to be on between the food. No one should be eating food. <laughs> Yeah, that, that'd be awkward. Yeah, sitting there trying to <clears throat> trying to tell a story or, you know, mid-verse and someone's got their their fork in their mouth and everyone's sort of, especially most of those sort of events, everyone's at a round table as well, so you've got half the room yeah. to back to you. Yeah, and they won't turn around either. They just go, I oh, just, just, if you want to just turn around, they go, why are you that good? I'm like, no, well, huh? what do I say to that? <laughs> <laughs> Have you had any train wrecks doing those types of gigs? Like, you know, Mate, I, 
I've had the most train wrecks doing those gigs. <laughs> Give me a couple. Oh, mate, just I've been at ones where they just have not even engaged at all, like just haven't even laughed. And I, I'm still scratching my head. I'd be like driving home going, what the fuck happened just then? Just completely lost. Uh, there's quite a lot of stories. I don't know where to begin, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> I assume that some of the um, probably the more uh, sort of blue-collar um sort of type events would probably work better than, than your, I'm, I'm overly stereotyping here, but yeah, your, your typical sort of high end sort of corporate sort of white collared, um, events where, um, it might be a little bit more, a little bit more stale as far as the environment or the atmosphere. I tend to, tend to think some of, uh, some of the blue collared guys, especially if it's a Christmas party or something, a big event sort of, uh, bash, it might be a little bit looser and people are a little bit more open to having a, having a good time. Yeah. I try to pick the, um, lower end of the scale like you know the big names like tom gleason and people like that mm. they they're, they're making the big dollars and writing specific material i'll, I'll just take you you know uh bunnings lidcombe christmas party that'll do me that's that's fine that's that's my level of comedy right there I'm, my partner she's from the corporate world she goes oh no you need to take that big one i'm like, nah i'm just that's not my scene man <laughs> <laughs> Uh, who knows? I mean, you could go, you could go down really well, but um, hey, if uh, if it's working, what doing what you're doing now, then um, you know, don't change it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. One of the the things I, f- I found really fascinating <laughs> with a lot of the material that you've done over the years, and there's you know, obviously it's it's comedy. There's a lot of silly stuff in there, but you know, there's like it's just this funny thing where with a lot of blokes and a lot of guys. You can't just talk about stuff, like especially with your mates or just with other other males. And humour has got to be that thing that's try that that breaks the ice to try and get something serious, you know, onto the table to be able to have a conversation. And I think there's like all these topics that you put through your music and through your comedy where you're using humour to talk about a lot of vulnerable topics and stuff that you've gone through yourself over the years. And it's like this, you know, this is the typical self-deprecating sort of humour, but it sort of, it almost like unveils the curtain to a lot of things that guys go through and it's sort of like, oh, thank fuck someone else is saying it. Like, but if <laughs> it's saying it in, 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 with humor attached to it, which sort of just takes the, takes the pressure off the situation. Is that, I mean, it might not be that sort of focused or intentional from your end, but is that something you keep in mind when you're putting this stuff together? Yeah, I'd always wanted to be that, uh, not a thinking man's blokes comic, but like the mental health blokes comic, I guess. Mm. And probably the, the first thing I did with that, I did the, the exam song about the prostate yeah. exam. And that was a true story about my dad. He was too embarrassed and he got basically nearly died. Like he was dying in his room and like uh, the neighbor came in and um, rang the ambulance. He was basically yellow. And we went to hospital and said, why don't you just say something? And like he was saved, but it was like, mate, what are you doing? And then I thought it needs to be a funny song about, you know, because it's, you know, it's a humorous exam, I guess. But <laughs> 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 I've also been told off on uh, after a gig for singing that song with a guy that's had prostate cancer. Oh, so, really? you know, how, how dare you make fun of something so oh, something yeah. like that? And, I, and anyway, in my head, I'm like, fuck, if you would have heard the song a year ago, maybe you'd be better off. And I thought a few other things, which I'm not going to say on the podcast. But, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, he told me. I was on a cruise ship and he just told me off at breakfast. It was, it was a great breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> More eggs? <laughs> yeah, but also that, that I made that film clip and um, yeah, uh, I did uh, like a uh, doctor's function in Newcastle in the Hunter Valley and they booked me for that song. 
So I finished with that song and they give me a standing ovation and they said, have you got a video clip? We'll put it on our web website. I'm like, yeah, sure, sure. No, it was on there for like years. Yeah. So, but there's a positive, so. Well, that's it. I mean, and you're always going to have somebody who's not going to be happy with what you do. So it's, nah. it's, it's always, there's always going to be somebody. So it is what it is. It goes with the territory. But um, I, I laughed when I, when I first heard that song because back when I was, uh, oh, geez, I was still in high school and uh, I was just, you know, still trying to work yourself out. You don't know what's, what's going on in life, whether, whether you're doing the right thing or the wrong thing. But uh, I was just going up getting up multiple multiple times during the night to go for a piss like I was just pissing like just crazy just any sort of tingle I was just I was there and I started getting paranoid because I got no clue and then one night late at night I'm watching SBS probably some dirty you know SBS movie or something like that and <laughs> and an ad or something comes up I don't know where it was but it, this ad pops up and it's like talking about the symptoms of prostate prostate cancer and I just fabricated it and convinced myself that all the symptoms applied to me and I had prostate cancer. So I'm, I'm going to my mom, I go, mom, I, I reckon I've got prostate cancer and my mom's a registered nurse. So right. she, just, she, so she just raised her eyebrow at me and went, yeah, okay. All right. Um, okay. Why do you think that? And so I explained it. She goes, mm, okay, well, if you want to go to the doctor, you can go to the doctor. Now me not understanding what a prostate exam was, I've got no idea. I don't know what you need to do. I just, I just prostate cancer. I thought, shit, I better go and get checked out. So a little, uh, little Chinese doctor down the road and, uh, you know, sitting in there, mum stayed out of the room this time. This was the first time she'd never been in the, in the room with me. I thought, oh, this is odd. Why did she uh, walk out? <laughs> and so and then he went and uh, explained to me, you know, I went through it, explained my, from my side and then he told me what the prostate exam was and just the blood just rushed from my face. I just went, I, I was, I was, I was lightheaded. I'm like, what? what I've made a, I've made a big mistake here. <laughs> I've made a big mistake. And so, and so we, we, uh, we had a quick little party in, in the doctor's surgery there and, uh, walked out and, uh, and, uh, my version of the walk of shame. I just, <laughs> uh, it was not good. <laughs> I just, so, um, so yeah, listening to your song, I thought, oh, I can, I can relate to this and it's not, not the typical sort of uh, story to be relating to because uh, te technically, I mean, well, usually those things happen a little bit later in life, but uh, I got in early and thought I'd get a, get a good life experience moment ticked off the list. What a great, what a great story. Though. Have you ever told that on a podcast before? <laughs> no, I don't think I have. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I just, but the good thing about it is that I don't even know. I don't know if that same exam still happens now. I, th I thought it's just a pin, pin prick or something. I don't know if they stick, stick the fingers up, up the, up the ass now, but um, but either way, no fingers fingers the best apparently. They reckon. Oh, uh, right, okay. You, you can get a blood test, but fingers the best. So. All right, okay. So we'll we'll still advocate for the, for the that's why I play, that's why I close that song out when I play it live. Oh, I always get yeah. you, you can get a blood test, but I like to be thorough. I pretty much go every Friday. So, <laughs> so I think I'm, just stuff like that. I reckon it's great because it's just it just takes the edge off things that are just not talked about, especially in. You know, well, it's probably most cultures, but uh, you know, in Australian culture, you're not you don't really talking about that stuff. You know, it's a, it's one of the taboo subjects, one of many that I've never spoken about around the table or with your parents or family or whatever it is. And especially for a guy, it's sort of like, ah, oh, geez, you know, don't worry about that. Just uh, just forget about it. Just uh, let it let it slide. It'll if you don't think about it, it'll it'll go away. <laughs> and uh, and it's good that you're doing stuff like that just to oh, yeah, bring thanks, it, bring man. it to attention. It's uh, it's hard to dance down that serious and comedy side so and sometimes it doesn't work so uh yeah that's fun learning that on stage when it's not funny 
crash and burn. Do you, um, are you, are you still going down that path now with like some of the newer stuff that you've been writing? Uh, yeah, cause I'm at 55, 55 now. So I'm just trying to relate to how I live my life and mates are similar ages and my kids are older now. And yeah, it's, it's, I'd like to be, you know, be cool and talk about young kids stuff, but <laughs> I'm shocked at some of the stuff they talk about on stage. It's not, not my cup of tea, but yeah, people are laughing and I think, well, it's a well-written joke. Good on you. <laughs> <laughs> it's got the structure. It's got the hook. Yeah. And, um, but I mean, I think that's what makes comedy great anyway. I think there's, you know, multiple different styles and different, different audiences as well. I mean, you know, it's just like music, isn't it? You've got your different, uh, different preferences of taste and, uh, you just appeal to the audience that, uh, that connects with the, the type of comedy that you do. Yeah. It's funny. People are funny because you, if you're on a bill of about seven comics, people will come up to you and tell you who was the best, like it's a competition, <laughs> but it's but it's about the whole night, you know. It's like, oh, you, you were good, but he was heaps better than you. You should be better than that, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, fuck, we've got to, you know, we're sensitive people. That's why we, we talk on stage with a microphone. <laughs> we know when we're shit. We don't need you to tell us. <laughs> it's like a, it's like the battle of the bands. It's like, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. You, you won the night. The rest of you guys are losers. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, tell you to your face, which never used to happen in the past. I think it's, they're like, it's like live tweeting to your face. <laughs> <laughs> but do you, I mean, do you get a lot of that from people? Because I, I'd assume that most people would reserve uh, reserve the criticisms or what they think are probably helpful uh, sort of comments for for social media these days. It's rare, but every now and again, when it happens, it's still you're never ever, ever prepared for it. Or sometimes you'll see someone walking towards you and you know exactly what they're going to say. <laughs> <laughs> you, you feel they want to be that person where you go, no, "I'll stop you there. I know exactly what you're going to say." But and I go, "No, no, hear me out. Hear me out." <laughs> one 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 girl yesterday, she was telling, uh, we we're on a gig yesterday, and she was saying, "Oh, you're good because you talk to the crowd. That's what everyone wants." The other guy, he just had like an act and he talked, and I went. That other guy is one of the best comedians in Australia at the moment, and I just talked to the crowd because I ran out of material. <laughs> and she's like, "No, no, but you—you—that's you, what they want." And I went, "Not everyone wants that. People will pay money." It was Luke Heggie she was talking about. Yeah, and I'm right. like, Because <laughs> Luke just gets up there and just plows and has this stuff written that's amazing, and I cry every time I watch him. Yeah. But he doesn't talk to the crowd. But it's like she goes, "Oh, that's what we want." I went, "No, it's not what everyone wants. People pay thirty bucks to go and see him talk." And no one else talks. So, <laughs> the Karen of comedy. Yes, she was a Karen. She was a Karen. <laughs> Karen had far too many uh, uh, champagnes in the sun. <laughs> uh, love a lovely Sunday Sunday sesh. <laughs> yes. Oh man. Oh yeah. It's um. We we get it at metal shows every once in a while. Like you'll finish a set and you'll run over to the merch table and try and flog some t-shirts and CDs, and there'll be. There'll be some people that'll linger around and and just I, I don't know if it's I don't know if it's just the the type of music that we play, but we 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 tend to attract different types of people, but people that might be a little bit socially awkward. And yeah, uh, and there's they're they're shuffling over to the side, and I'm you know you might be sort of flogging some t-shirts and and trying to get some sales and whatever, and you know trying to trying to do the salesman sort of thing at the end of the gig, and then in the corner of your of your eye you can see this person sort of you know, shoulders sort of slumped, heads down, sort of looking at the carpet, sort of looking down, but then, you know, the eyes sort of half cocked up looking at you, trying to get your attention at the same time. And you're thinking, oh, shit, all right, I've got, <laughs> I've got a potential punisher is about to ambush me any moment now. And then they'll they'll come over and they'll uh, 
they'll dissect the night for you. And it's just, you know, they're lovely people. They mean well. I mean, it, it comes from a good place, but, oh, geez, it's... Uh, really? It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, it happens all the time. It's just, it's... Uh, it's just, I mean, they're really, they're just ultra passionate. It's sort of like the music nerd, you know, that they, they know everything. They know, you know, they've got the entire collection on CD or vinyl or whatever yeah. it is. And they know the liner notes, they know the lineup changes, they know the storylines. And so they've, they've got all that in the back of their head. That's their framework. And then they've just seen the night, they've just seen you on stage. And so they've got a reference point and they're going to give their, their review. Instead of going online and typing up a review and putting it on a website and helping to promote us, they just want to tell us to our face. And I'm like, great, thank you so much. I'm glad that you noticed when I've stacked it on stage or I missed a string or whatever it might yeah. be. <laughs> oh, really? Really? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, I, guess it, it, I guess it comes with the territory, doesn't it? You just... Uh, you know, you, you get on stage, you perform, it's a, it's a public sort of thing. And it's just, it's a given that, you know, you're going to have that public interaction in the, in the opposite way as well. Yeah. It, it isn't interesting like metal bands and, you know, punk bands, they'll, they have to sell their merch after the show or comedy. You have to sell your own merch after the show. Mariah Carey doesn't have to do that, does she? Imagine <laughs> Mariah at the merch table. <laughs> Yeah, please, please, I'll, I'll sign every copy. You know, just yeah, just <laughs> Elton, Elton John at the merch table. Yeah, I had nothing to do. I thought I'd come out here. Yeah, yeah, quick. I'm just going to quickly, someone pack up my piano for me. I'm going to run across the room, quickly get to the, <laughs> yeah, get to the merch table. <laughs> yeah, you're chucking everything about. I've got to get to the merch table. <laughs> We've all done that. Oh, yeah. The amount of times I've like quickly yelled to one of the guys and say, look, can you pack up my shit? I've got to run to that table. I've got to start yeah. selling some stuff. And then yeah. end of the night, like everyone's being cleared out. I look on stage and there's my base. And I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Thanks yeah. guys. Thanks. I feel this, I feel this audience has got a lot of t-shirts and stubby coolers in them. I can, I can sense it. I've got to get to that merch table. <laughs> I've been, I've been, I haven't really been play, uh, paying attention to what I've been playing throughout the set. I've been eyeing <laughs> the ratio of metal t-shirts in the crowd. How many yeah, of yeah. Iron Maiden, which is usually a high, uh, a high sort of conversion. So uh, I reckon I've got a good chance of flogging, uh, you know, uh, you know, at least uh, thirty to forty t-shirts. So I'm gonna gonna make the most of that. So guys, uh, back me up here. <laughs> Sa- salesman first, bass player second. Oh, it's a bit like that. Yeah, I've forgotten. <laughs> I've forgotten how to play. It's uh, yeah. it's all about hustle now. It's all you know. Facebook posting and uh, sharing links and getting new merch printed up and oh the music oh yeah, yeah that's right oh fuck we've got to we've got to record some music I forgot about that yeah nah it's jack of all trades good on you that's it <laughs> speaking of uh, jack of all trades uh, you've got a podcast as well and I didn't know about it until a few days ago and I um I've been listening to a few episodes over the past couple of days uh, the uh, unhinged uncast podcast Please. with uh, Julia Wilson. Were you shocked, Andy? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was loving it. It was great. If anything, it was a breath of fresh air because uh, it doesn't appear to be that there's uh, there's uh, what, what would it be? Um, there's there's just no limitations to what what you're both going to talk about. It's just uh, it's a bit of a free for all. It's a bit of a well. Let's let's just see what comes out of our mouths. I love it. Yeah, it's just two old mates sitting together with uh, notes and talking shit and pretty much because uh, we can't afford a mental health plan. So we, uh, <laughs> we deal with each other's shit <laughs> on a podcast. <laughs> well, it might be the, that might be the new way of doing things now, you know, in the, the whole sort of uh, therapist in- industry or whatever that is, you know, that, that mental health industry will just collapse and everyone will just start. To, well, it's, it's already happened, hasn't it? Like, you know, everyone's got a podcast these days. Yeah. 
it'd be it'd be a good line from your psychiatrist when you got in there and you tell him all your problems and he just comes back or she comes back and goes, "Have you tried starting a podcast, Michael?" <laughs> There's a good. Skin. I'm like, no, but I. Thanks for the advice. <laughs> well, I feel it could be the opposite for me because I've never been to one. But if I ever sort of feel the need to go to one, I might just give them the entire back catalog yeah, of yeah. the antisocial and just go, listen to this and then come back to me yeah. and then tell me what my problem is. And uh, I, I, <laughs> open, open with a prostate story. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. See how many red flags you can find uh, throughout the last yeah. uh, 200 plus episodes. No, you're doing all right, mate. I think you're yeah. fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hanging in there, hanging in there. Going back to metal, uh, what, I mean, you mentioned before, like when you're getting to metal, the whole new wave of British heavy metal and, and all that sort of stuff, is, uh, are there any bands that have sort of stood the test of time for you these days that are just reoccurring sort of, you know, you always go back to them? I mean, obviously, you know, you mentioned like Priest and Maiden and stuff like that, but are there, are there classic albums or bands that you sort of just, they're just a, they're just a go-to all the time? I can listen to that Angel Witch album start to finish and oh, still yeah. get a bit of a glint in the eye and think, yeah, good. I, I'll go to the gym and have it in the ears, you know. Some of the old um, uh, Stay in Class, Judas Priest, I quite like that. Mm. Um, who else? Oh, my, my early Motorhead, you know. I've seen them quite a bit over the years. Anthrax, they still go all right. Who else is there? <laughs> Where do you where do you end? <laughs> yeah, I've got I've got I have many um, uh, Spotify playlists seventies seventies metal. Yeah, right. Seventies and early eighties metal. Yeah, I love that stuff. But yeah, there's a lot of crap there too. Just quietly. <laughs> <laughs> well, have you have you branched out in in the over the years and sort of gone? Oh, I'm going to broaden my taste a little bit and listen to a few different things and uh, some stuff that might not be. Uh... Not be not might be uh, traditionally sort of heavy metal or stereotypically heavy metal. I oh, mean, I've got a broad taste of music. I love all sorts of music. Yeah, I I love music. I think I've heard every song that I because I, I run a lot now and I listen to podcasts when I run. They go, "What do you listen to podcasts about?" Because I think I've heard every song. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I've drunk every beer and yeah, yeah. And I've now I've listened to every song. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I like yeah. I just love music. So if you can sling a few. Ideas my way. I'll listen to it. Yeah. Do you um with with Spotify? Do you have playlists set up based on the activity, like what you're what you're going to be listening, like what you're going to be doing while you're listening to it, or is it more around the type of music? I have quite a few running playlists, Sandy. Uh, uh, quite a few uh, metal uh, weightlifting playlists. <laughs> and my my partner, we're both in fitness instructors now, but she she does more than I do, and uh, she's not very tech-savvy, so I make up her playlist for her, um, her classes, and I slip a bit of metal in every now and again, and she'll scold me as we walk home together. <laughs> I heard one of them rah, 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 rah songs in uh, my playlist. <laughs> her classes just all turn around, all turn around and go, what? uh, what's that? All right. <laughs> or someone will go, was that you, Mick? And I went, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you got a reputation. Yeah. <laughs> with with the fitness stuff, I mean, that was something I I um, was gonna gonna have a chat to you about because, you know, um, you know, if I look at you visually, you've uh, you've you've changed over the years. You look a bit different these days to what you used to. Um, was there a was there a sort of I don't know like a little bit of a moment that you had where you thought, fuck, I've got to I've got to make some changes or or take a different approach and and start to go down this fitness sort of path or I don't know what what was what was that turning point if there was one? 
Well, I, I always was reasonably fit, even when I was fat. But uh, yeah, fat fit, fat fit. That's a thing too. Um, but it made me quite depressed to be overweight, so it was really bothering me for years and years and years. But I just couldn't couldn't quite work out uh, how to get over that little hump sort of thing because I'd get to a certain stage and then I'd like go back on the donuts. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it was probably uh, four years ago, and uh, yeah, I was sort of living uh, in Manly with a friend, and um, I went to CrossFit. Yeah, right. That that, Shit. that religion. That religion. <laughs> oh god! I mean, talk about going from zero to a hundred. Yeah, yeah. So I, I did I did boot camp with the the girl that I was living with uh, on Manly Beach in the morning, and then someone told me about CrossFit. I just try, I just give it a crack, and I, it killed me, it destroyed me. But I kind of because of I I had fat fitness or whatever you call it, fat fit. Um, I kind of got in, I kind of uh, got fit fairly quickly. So um, and then I changed my diet kind of got off the booze a bit and uh yeah went from there and then i met my partner uh who i'm with uh, and she was a runner and i went yeah i don't run <laughs> but <laughs> she, she, she she sort of got me over the 5k limit and now i've run quite a bit so it was just a combination of finally getting it right i don't do crossfit anymore but it was kind of a the good kickstart and uh now yeah now i'm actually a fitness instructor so That's i did that during during covid <laughs> Wow, I mean that that that's crazy, especially sort of going from you know that starting point to you know not just, I guess enjoying you know being fit and, and exercising, but then going to the next step and becoming a fitness instructor as well. I mean that's, yeah, wow, it's uh, definitely taking it next level. Yeah, well, sort of COVID was was rearing its ugly head, and I went, I'd need to look after myself here and do some TAFE course or something, and it was either fitness or cooking. And I think I probably chose the best one because I just think I would have lost interest in the cooking. Mm. I can cook at home, but I, I thought I was going to be like a, a cook or something. But, yeah, I kind of strolled straight into a, a bit of a job as soon as I finished my course. So I just I train uh, retirees in the inner west. Yeah, and they're, right. they're, re- they're really funny, yeah. They're like, there's a lot of material there, and they, they say, don't ever do any material. <laughs> but I'm like, there's so much here. <laughs> so I'll change the names to protect the, uh, the innocent or the guilty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. With um, I mean, I just the CrossFit stuff blows my mind because I can. I mean, what was the motivation to keep you going? You know, because I, I, I can imagine. I'm just try, trying to reflect on me. I'm I'm the shittest when it comes to exercising. I've I've only in the past year have really enjoyed walking, and I do a lot of walking now. But that's the extent. Like, and for me, it's just it's me trying to desperately build up a habit in my head that eventually yeah. everything else will fall into place, and I'll go. Oh yeah, exercise is fun, but um, CrossFit. Like, I can imagine being motivated to go and do maybe the first couple of sessions, but after that, I mean, what what got you through? What kept you kept you going? Um, I was getting I was getting results, which I wasn't in the past. So, because I, I did, I tried everything, and I I just kind of gained weight over the years because I was a pretty good sports person in my twenties. And then I just stopped, got married and, you know, bought a carton of beer, a couple of cartons of beer a week and, you know, ate fried food and, you know. Uh, but, yeah, I was getting results. It, probably, it was probably a combination because I was kind of looking after myself. So, yeah, I, I reckon that this is the darkest part of the podcast. I reckon I'd probably be dead if I was going down that path the way I was going. Like, I was just unhealthy. So it was a survival thing, sink or swim. 
Well, it's probably a good thing because, you know, for a lot of people, it's usually, it's sort of like, you know, the story you said earlier about your dad, you know, getting that close to tragedy, but luckily sort of, you know, being okay. And a lot of people sort of wait until that sort of moment of, you know, a health scare or something really horrible happening before they see the light and go, oh, fuck, you know, maybe I need to do something. So it, it sounds like you got, you got ahead of it. Yeah, and you, and you go back to men, how, to, how they talk and how I do my comedy. The, the large amount of men my age came up to me and said, you look really good. Um, we thought you were going to die. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, like I said, why didn't you tell me that? And they went, no, oh, we didn't know how to say it. I said, but you can say it now. And they went, yeah, well, you're all right now. And I'm like, what if I was dead? And they went, well, you wouldn't be here, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> So, yeah, men need to learn how to, uh, yeah, express themselves in, to their friends and go, mate, we're a bit concerned. Yeah, they look very well. <laughs> <laughs> I've got this I've got this Facebook group with a bunch of mates um, and we've known each other for years and it is, it is, it's just like that. There's not a lot of DNM sort of deep and meaningful conversations happening. It's basically um, shit posting, a bunch of like inappropriate pictures, uh, photos of the beers that we're drinking and just just shitty behavior. It's just a way to sort of get, get it out of our systems. But, you know, even yesterday it was funny cause uh, a mate of mine was going, Oh, look, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to drink this week. Uh, I'm not going to, not going to have anything during the week. And, uh, and I go, Oh yeah, good call. I, I won't have a beer until Friday afternoon. So, all right, let's, uh, let's, let's do that. And then another mate just starts laughing and I go, fuck you, Craig. I said, support your mates. And then he just replies back and goes, ha ha, I'm pissed right now. And so <laughs> everyone cracked up and then, and then we said, look, no no beer photos in the chat until Friday afternoon. So if you're going to have a beer, don't show it. Don't put it in the post. Don't don't encourage anyone's bad behaviour here. So just leave it out. And it's the only way we can do it to sort of prop each other up because otherwise it's just a case of, oh look, it's Monday afternoon. I'm I've got actually I've got a mate at Manly, and he'd be he'd be at Four Pines going uh, you know several points in on a Monday afternoon and be like, oh man, yeah. mate, this is tough, especially today because it's a scorcher. So yeah. Yeah, so um, it's but so that type of stuff. It, it's completely relatable because it's just a. It's you're not often having those sort of supportive conversations, and when you do, you're, you're desperately trying to make it humorous to try and get people involved and encourage them to do the right thing. Yeah, men men behaving behaving responsibly. Is that the name of your group or what? <laughs> There's a T-shirt for you. Actually, I think we've got a name for ours. It's uh, Go Fuck Yourself Incorporated. So I think that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> got to have the incorporated for tax reasons. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah, well, I, like even like like because uh, I, I uh, just started instructing mental health first aid and um, I tell a story because everyone's got a theory on Are You OK Day saying it's just this one day where people mm. just – Throw out, oh, are you okay? And it's, it's you know, it's very half-assed and all that. But, you know, sometimes it does start a conversation. Uh, but I remember when Are You Okay Day came out, my mate rang up and says, oh, mate, just ringing up about Are You Okay Day. Are you okay? And I went, oh, thanks for calling. Uh, to, be on, to be honest, I'm not feeling that great. I'm pretty down. And he just went, oh, you'll be right, mate. See ya. <laughs> It's like, oh shit! I didn't expect you to actually. You meant to say, "Yeah, I'm fine, thanks." Yeah, it's, it's like it's like it's like it's like that Aussie thing when you go, "Hey, go, mate," and you, and they go, "Oh, actually, I'm not too good." And you want fuck? It's not what I asked you, mate. I just want 
You just answer like, yeah, I'm all right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen it in the workplace where you're walking down the corridor and you both say, how are you going? And no one answers. You just keep walking by, by each other, just going, how are you going? Yeah. How are you going? It's like, there you go. what was yeah. that? What was that? <laughs> <laughs> how are you going is the answer to how are you going. <laughs> so with, um, with the fitness stuff, I'm curious because, you know, you had, you had the song, you drunk every beer and... You know, I, I assume that you still enjoy a beer now and then, but uh, the big, the big sort of, you know, where where the uh, the cogs are turning in my head is how do I sustain a lifestyle where I can still enjoy drinking beer, uh, but not just completely ruin my health in the process. And so that's where my mind's at the moment. That's my motivator. So you know, coming from yourself and, and you know, over the past few years of your journey, what's what's the balanced lifestyle look like now to uh, to ensure that you can still indulge a little bit? Oh, uh, you're going to be disappointed with this, Andy, because I, I, I train my ass off, actually. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I train, I train really hard. No, you meant to give me a hack. <laughs> yeah. No, I... Um, Friday, me and my partner, we walk to a, it'd be, there's a club like 30 minutes away, like we walk there and then we pretty much get leathered, uh, <laughs> have a steak, get pissed, walk home. But uh, leading up to that, we, yeah, she she teaches more than I do, but she trains hard too. Yeah, I train five times a week. Well, probably got me a little watch that tells me how tra- hard I've trained. Uh, we eat boringly. <laughs> <laughs> No more donuts. No, no more donuts. I used to have a donut tattoo, and she made me cover it up with another tattoo <laughs> the other day, actually. So, because it's got a bad backstory that donut. <laughs> oh right, okay. <laughs> Do I dare to ask? No, no, we're not going down. No, okay, all right. All right. <laughs> you might know the answer to that one, actually. <laughs> oh, all right. So yeah, okay. I'm gonna have to work my ass off if, if I really want to indulge. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to put the hard yards in. Or, or just find your. Yeah, you just got to find your level, I guess. But uh, my level is, uh, I still have a few big knives on the booze. Uh, I don't eat too much bad food. And I do a lot of running. And uh, I do a lot of, uh, yeah, uh, hit classes, high intensity interval training. So there you go. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I haven't got a good answer for you. <laughs> you broke my heart. <laughs> You've just gone quiet. You just you yeah, actually stopped the podcast there. My it's mind's wandered off. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> well, I'm going to have to fucking turn my, turn my life upside down now. Far out. Okay. <laughs> but I'm one of, those, one of those people that can gain weight quite easily, I think. Yeah. You're, right. a, you're, you're, you're um, quite thin, aren't you? You're yeah. Quite, but so I, I grew up a really chubby, tubby kid. So I've always oh, right. sort of had that. And I think you, like a lot of people, you sort of shed the puppy fat when you start to sort of get into your late teens. But I've always had like the the beer gut torso sort of thing happening. So, you know, chicken legs, chicken arms, but it fucking, I'll go, I'm packing a keg. And, um, nice. and I think as, as I get older, it's, uh, the metabolism is certainly going to kick, uh, you know, kick up a notch or kick or kick down a notch, I should say. And, um, so I'm, I'm, tr- I'm starting to think about it a lot more now and go, oh, I need to get ahead of this because it, it, it's, it's going to blow out. It's going to blow out. It's, it's a given. So, yeah. So it's about, um, I think a lot of it's, I mean, no doubt for you, it would have been mind games as far as just psychologically, just ensuring that you're showing up each day and just, you know, one day at a time and just keeping, not trying to think about the long term, but just sort of going, just, just win the day. 
Yeah, and my I, I'm pretty paranoid about gaining weight again. So, and I, I remember how un, unhappy I was. So, I'm quite happy the way I am. So, I've just got to stay on that path, but but not religiously, just uh, sensibly. Because uh, I in the early days I trained overtrained, but now I just I'm at a good level now. I'll do five days a week is is enough. But I can do three. Some weeks, days, weeks I do three days a week, and it's and it's enough. You don't, I don't gain weight, and I feel still feel fit. So, sorry, I'm waffling. <laughs> no, that's that's the that's the point of a podcast, I guess. So, <laughs> you should be used to that by now. Um, oh, no. <laughs> speaking speaking of podcasts, I noticed that uh, with the uh, unhinged uncast podcast, that's a that's a mouthful. Um, hasn't been out for a bit. Like there hasn't been an episode out for a little while. Are you going to do some more with with Julia? Yeah, well, we're always going into a hiatus every now and again. I, I, uh, my had my house in Blacktown, the um, residence kind of wrecked it, <laughs> so I went into uh, fixing my house for weeks on end. And uh, Julia's got her own stuff to deal with, but yeah, we'll be. I think we're going to do one next week. So oh, there you go. there'll be a lot to talk about because I've got new tattoos, and she's got men she's probably shagged and. <laughs> <laughs> You can't wait to tell me about it because I love hearing about it. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's one. It might have been the last episode, or I actually no, it might have been the clip that was on uh, on your YouTube channel, and and I went to click on it, and I got the YouTube warning first, the grayed out to the screen saying, if you click this, there's going to be some sort of highly sensitive content. I thought, what the fuck really? could it possibly be? <laughs> and it was just Julia talking about how much more she's masturbating, you know, in COVID. <laughs> <laughs> she's not on stage anymore because of COVID, so she's just basically doing the same thing and you know a bit of uh, a bit of self congratulations at at home. And I just thought, oh, okay, well. applauding herself. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> if you can call it that. Yeah, I, I thought, oh, YouTube, you're getting quite conservative on me. I mean, Jesus, uh, there's bloody beheading videos and everything on YouTube, and uh, you worried about that? Jesus. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. We, the louder than Judas Priest one. I don't think it's on there anymore because I. I Stripped, stripped it back a bit, but yeah, you would like that one. That's a good story. Oh, I'll have to check that one out. <laughs> right. She's got a T-shirt. I made her a T-shirt for Christmas. It says, louder than Jesus, Priest." <laughs> the, the, the story actually goes, she, we're on tour and she was in another room and she might have been uh, entertaining somebody and I didn't want to hear about it. So I put the headphones in and cranked out a bit of Judas Priest, but it didn't, it didn't, didn't, didn't block it out. <laughs> <laughs> So she's louder than Judas Priest. And you actually got her a T-shirt. Yeah, I made her a T-shirt. Yeah, got one made up for it. <laughs> Love it. It's a pride and joy. Her dad, her, dad goes, her dad doesn't know anything about this. Dad goes, what's, what's this bloody Judas Priest? What's this mean? What's, what's his story? <laughs> Go, give him a link to the podcast, I'm sure. No, 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 no. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. More hearts being broken. <laughs> Yeah, no, she's she's great. She's a great person. She's a good mate. Oh, I'm I'm look. I I don't know a lot about about Julia. I've I've really been enjoying her on on your podcast, but um, I have seen some of her comedy over the years, and uh, like just just real. I mean, uh, I don't even know if this is the right way to describe it, but just just rough around the edges, blunt as it's just it's it's just really funny stuff. It's and, and I guess that's the point of when you're a, com a comedian, you want to be funny, so you uh, tick the box, but. Um, yeah, I really, I really like her style. I like the way she does uh, does comedy. So um, yeah, I'm keen to keen to hear some more episodes of the podcast. Yep, yep. Well, we'll get them out for you, mate. No worries. Sounds good. Well, uh, 
Before I let you go, uh, so what's what's apart from Rod being out now, and I'll, I'll link to that so people can go and check that out, and I'll link to uh, link to the last album as well, so people can go and uh, go and check that one out as well. But uh, what what else is happening? I mean, obviously starting to get back into gigging again and and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, got a lot of Christmas parties booked in. I, I think a Manly Boat Shed coming up, so that's probably the only public gig I've got coming up. But there. there there's a few coming in, so yeah, I'll, I'll advertise it if you link them back to me. Yeah, all right, sounds good. I'll do that. I might uh, might even might even come out and uh, nice and nice. I'll uh, I'll tell you about how how well you did or how how she. Yeah, did. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I meet I meet you with the merch table, mate. Yeah, Alrighty, go and reach out to Mick by going to mick.com.au. I love that URL. So good. Uh, Mick's also on Instagram at Micko Meredith and on Facebook, comedian Mick Meredith. Of course, I'll have everything in the show notes over at andysocial.net and andydowling.net. Go and check out his new song, Rod. Uh, I believe there's a film clip, a video clip coming very soon. So uh, I'm looking forward to that because uh, the song is hilarious. And, uh, yeah, I can only begin to imagine (laughs) what the video is going to look like. Uh, Go and check out his podcast, Unhinged Uncast, with Julia Wilson. And, um, yeah, there's a whole bunch of stuff there. So go and and support him. Go and say hello. Like any guest that's been on the podcast over the past five years, go and reach out to them. Give them a little bit of anti-social love, and I'm sure they'd be stoked to hear from you. Before we wrap it up, of course, Patreon, patreon.com slash Andy Dowling, come and join Team Chronoplan. I've got a few t-shirts left. Uh, the most ridiculous design, t-shirt design I think I've done, and I've done a Mork and Andy design, so that's pretty ridiculous. Um, if you don't know what that is, don't, don't even bother asking. But uh, if you're in the know, you're in the know. Uh, the Team Chronoplan shirts, there's still a few left. I think there's about there's probably only about 10 left, so uh, go and have a look uh, on Bandcamp for that. I'll, I'll chuck a link in the, in the show notes anyway. But... Uh, Patreon is the place to go to support this podcast. I'm getting sidetracked with uh, Soviet planes. Uh, it's not even a plane, it's an acrona plane. Patreon, anyway. Patreon.com slash Andy Dowling is the place to go. And uh, supports us from only a buck a month. It is dirt cheap. If you just want to sling me a little feel-good payment every month, um, it's a great way to just back the podcast and help fuel it uh, for many years to come. I've got lots of guests and ideas and different directions I'm going to take this podcast in the coming months and years. And uh, you guys getting behind it and supporting on Patreon is helping that all happen. A massive thank you to everybody that's been uh, joining me on Patreon, but in particular, the guys who are my social circle and the... uh, Twenty dollar, uh, whatever the hell it's called. The uh, I think we need to talk tier, and those guys include Mick G from uh, Sydney, Andrew from Perth, Ash from Daniloquin, Dan from Dapdo, Rod from Rayleigh in North Carolina, Patrick from Canberra, who's on the twenty dollar tier, Liam from Brisbane, Chris from Sydney, Brendo from Leeton, Tim from Canberra, James from Brisbane. And Christian from Canberra, who's also on the $20 tier. You guys are crazy. Thank you so much, guys. Um, you guys are the heavy hitters, the, the ones that are supporting uh, the big bucks towards this podcast, as well as everybody else who's supporting on Patreon. Thank you so much uh, just on all the tiers. And uh, by all means, come and join. Anything above a, do- a dollar, uh, so the $5 tier and above, gets access to the weekly Patreon podcast that comes out every Tuesday morning, Sydney time at uh, 6 a.m. I had to think about that. There's a bit of karaoke. There's uh, planes, trains, and animobiles. There's usually a little interesting story for me to tell you all, um, you know, something that's happening in the world. Nice and informative, educational, I like to say, and uh, and lots of dumb things that are happening in my world and lots of silly things to share. So uh, come over and join on Patreon get to listen to that and uh, support the cause. Much appreciate. Thanks so much for backing the podcast. Now, 
uh, next week's guest is an international guest, a musician. He loves a beer. Um, that might, uh, that might, uh, you know, give a few too many hints for some of you guys, but, uh, I'm going to leave it at that. Looking forward to sharing that one with you. I've got a whole bunch coming. We're getting very close to Chrissy. Christmas is almost around the corner and, uh, I'm looking forward to sharing more episodes as we roll into the new year. There are no breaks. We're going to keep this train a chugging until next week, folks. Take care and ta-ta. Larry. Larry, please.